So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries' More Than Conquerors program. We are delighted to have you here today, and we have just prepared some awesome things to talk to you about, and we know that the Spirit of the living God, <laughs> that's the distinction in Christianity. That's the God you want to have. <laughs> you want a live one, and uh, we're so grateful for that. Oh, my goodness, just the wonderful part of the fact that God is alive and that He lives in us. Forevermore. Forevermore, yes. I love all the vocabulary. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, you know, the relationship and the promises and the great facts, like Psalm 78, Psalm 78. says, of, of who God is and what He's done. He is Creator. He is Savior. He is Messiah. And all of those things that are that have, have launched you into a relationship that a, a God that has always been, is now, and will always be, He is the great I am. Yes. The Hallelujah. The, the great anointed one. I am. <laughs> uh, that just brings such joy to my soul to rejoice in the joy of my salvation in that God, the God who is God, the God who loves us. If you're God shopping today and you haven't selected a deity, <laughs> I hear such such amazing vocabulary out there in the world. And it's uh, just shocking to me that as a little child, as so many of us, um, had, we're smart enough to to be guided into a relationship with an unseen God that is alive. And we believe these things that are in the Word of God. This is a great book that you can go but find you know at Walmart. It, it, it concerns <laughs> me that the, the generation today, the kids today, I'm not sure they're being guided. No, they're uh, not being guided. Like we were. Like we were. <clears throat> we as had such an so advantage. Many, as we've said so many times throughout history in America, kids were 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 trained at home right. about the things of God. They were trained at school about yes. the things of God yes. with the Bible that, with the teachers. Bible as a basis, and yes. then they were trained uh, uh, as well in the church. That's right. And church was Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, Wednesday night, plus maybe another meeting or two during the week. And oh, right. so they were. We we were so well rounded, and our TV shows reflected it. That's right. Our movies reflected it. We only had three it. channels. You, you know, <laughs> ABC, NBC, and you know, CBS. in America, when America started, uh, these great Ivy League colleges, yes, uh, Princeton, Yale, all those uh, Ivy League, Harvard. Yeah. You know, when they started, they were Bible schools. Yes, they were theological seminaries. That's true. And in America, Read you could not be uh, an attorney, a barrister, a lawyer, right. uh, or a judge without having gone to theological right. seminary That's because right. the thinking was 
how could you possibly know the truth? Or know how to judge. If you don't know the truth. That's right. And Jesus said, Father, thy word is truth. That's right. And so the thinking was in America that, that there's no way you can be an attorney. There's no way you can be a judge. There's no way you can do that unless you know the Bible. That's right. And so you had to go to a theological seminary and become basically a minister. You know, study right, the Bible. First, yes. Uh, so you'd know truth before you could become a judge or before you could become that's an right. attorney. And that's why all those old uh, black and white movies, right. you know, that we were raised on. Right. Uh, so many of the famous court cases, uh, the, 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 the lawyers were always quoting scriptures. The judges were always quoting scriptures right. because that's how everything was based. And everything was based back then on, on truth. And, you know, in our judicial system today, things aren't based on truth. Well, I've, had some, I've had some lawsuits. I've had people sue me for this, that, and the other, and, you know, just stupid stuff. And uh, and, and I've gone to attorneys, and uh, they've, they've said, Terry, you don't understand, Reverend. Nobody cares about truth. I said, well, I care. <laughs> no, I had one attorney right. tell me. He said, you preachers make me so mad. He said, I'll defend you. I'll take your case. I'll help you. He said, you've been wronged, and you know, you, you're know you in the right. They're in the wrong. They're, there's money grubbers trying to get money, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, he said, but you preachers make me so mad because he said, y'all could settle uh, out of court. He said, a preacher won't hardly ever do that because they say it's the principle of the thing. Right. You know, we want truth. And he said, that's the way you are. He said, you, you, we can settle this thing out of court and be done with it. And he said, but you keep telling me, no, it's the principle of the thing. I want truth. And he said, nobody cares about truth. And I said, well, I care about truth. And today the law is about loopholes, and lawyers no, are about loopholes. Right. Let's find a loophole in the law. And well, uh, so it's about true. winning today. Uh, where in the old days it wasn't about winning, it was about the truth. It was about the truth. And, and you couldn't know the truth unless you knew the Word. No, that's right. And they kept the Ten Commandments up in every courtroom. Yeah, they're saying that's why around the courtrooms you'd see scriptures, scriptures. chiseled in the wall. That's right. Uh, and you'd see, you'd Some of see, the greatest buildings in our country have the most profound oh, yeah. scriptures in the, and you know, not, Washington, in the courtroom they're trying walls, to do away over the them. doors. They're trying to do away with a lot of those sculptures and a lot of those that's right. scriptures and uh, like George Washington's farewell speech to the troops. Oh, my. It used to be in college books. Yes. And the college students used to study Washington's farewell to the troops, which was a mighty godly speech and prayer. Uh, and uh, and now they've taken it out. They've taken all references to God out. Now it's just a generic speech. And, they, and so college kids today assume they're getting Washington's farewell speech to the troops, but they're not. What a tragedy. Because they've removed all reference to God, all reference to the tragedy. scriptures. And, uh, and just more and more and more, our, our socialist, communist, left-leaning government is trying so hard to get rid of God. You know, you've heard me say it before, and you folks have heard me say it before. I've been to so many of these communist countries all my life in 53 years of missionary ministry. And um, communists, and number one, I hate communists. I hate communism. I hate communist systems. I've said this for years. For a communist, for a country to succeed at communism, right. it has two enemies. It has the church, right. and it has the middle class. You you can't be a, a communist country with a strong church and a strong middle class. No, that's right. So here in America, uh, in twenty twenty last year, they uh, our government, the United States government, attacked the church and attacked the middle class, the mom and pop businesses. That's right. And I'm just 
Sadly, tragic. Yeah, it's it's so sad because I see the handwriting on the wall. I see where no, it's going. Right, right. You know, everything everything goes somewhere. You That's know, so right. you take you take a speech, or you take a prayer, or you take a, a doctrine in a church, or you take a doctrine well, in the government, and you say, Well, I'm gonna follow this doctrine out. It's gotta go somewhere. Nothing none no, of them just right. say, Hi, I'm a doctor, and they, yeah, they lead not, somewhere. Not just here. It's way down there, it's gonna happen. You know, it's like a door back there that says exit on it. Well that that doesn't just say, Hi, I'm an exit sign. No, no, it tells you where to go. Right. You know, it tells you how to how, what you're supposed to do. That's right. And uh, how to get out of here. And well, so so that that's the same thing. You follow these sermons, you follow these doctrines, you follow these uh, ideas, these religious ideas, these government ideas, you follow the dogma, you follow the system. It, 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 if you'll follow it, it'll lead somewhere. And even in sure. the church today, it, it's a scary thing in the church today. And I've gone to some pretty serious pastors and preachers and men of God that are very, very famous, very well-known that are preaching a, a perversion of the grace message. Grace is a wonderful, marvelous message. Thank God for the right, God's grace. Right. God's grace is still amazing to me. But the, but any, and I've said this for decades, any error in the church throughout history, right. any error in the church is only the truth overemphasized. It's only overemphasized That's right. truth. That's right. So you can, you take it, the, the devil's not stupid. He's not going to come with <laughs> horns and a pitchfork and say, hi, right. I'm the devil, and I'm right. going to lead you astray. That's right. No, he comes to you with the, with the Bible, the truth, and says, hey, the Scripture says this, right. and then he begins to overemphasize it and overemphasize it and overemphasize right. it until you're pulling it out of context and out of balance, and you've got to keep the word balanced. Now, I've even heard people say, why, Terry, you can't, you, you, you can't uh, get faith out of balance. You can't overemphasize faith. <laughs> sure you can. I, I, I've, watched, I've watched whole churches where the pastor wouldn't let people go to the doctor because uh, he says, no, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Wouldn't let women go to the hospital and have a baby. Wouldn't let people wear glasses. I know one church in Indiana where the pastor, uh, all the people were scared to wear glasses, so they'd, they'd wear their glasses driving to church. And then when they got to church and parking off, they'll take their glasses off and leave them in the car and then go in uh, to church. Well, well, that's an overemphasis mm. of, of faith. That's taking a good word of faith, a good healing message, right. and perverting it and right. taking it overemphasized to where it's no longer truth anymore. No. It's just a stupid doctrine or a dogma. That's right. And uh, you can do that with love. You know, I've had them say, you can't get love out of it. Uh, yes, you can. I, I know churches where they go down the basement and have wife swapping uh, uh, situations, you know, because they say, hey, love, 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 love. Wow. It's kind of like back in the 60s, free love, free love. Right. No, 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 no. You, there, there's a godly Bible love, but then you can take that and pervert it and overemphasize it into where, uh, you know, there's people even say that we love the devil. No, we don't. <laughs> you wow. know? I told one pastor that it was preaching this this message. Uh, that message. And, and I said to him, and he loves me. He, he's a young lion and very famous, very, very famous around the world. He's one of my young lions. He loves me since he's a kid. And I went to him and, and said, and talked to him for five solid hours. And I said, let me show you about what you're preaching. Let me, let me take the scriptures and talk to you about this overemphasis you've got going here uh, of the grace message. Mm. And even though grace is marvelous and wonderful, right. and I, I can't right. say enough good things about it, but look Absolutely. what you've done here. Uh, you, you've got it to where you're telling people they can't repent. You know, the Word says we need to repent. And he said, and he's teaching you cannot repent. Right. Now somebody told me the other day he's preaching that you can repent, so thank God for that. But uh, he was preaching you wow. can't repent. And uh, one pastor even came up and told me one day, he said, Brother Terry, he said, I... I tell you, he said, if a guy walked up with a gun and shot my daughter in the face and killed her dead, he said, I wouldn't expect her to repent to me or to God. And I said, well, you're just a moron. 
That's stupid. That's you know, horrific. if people don't repent, they uh-huh. have no way back to God because sin separates you from God. Sin breaks the fellowship. God right. will always love you. There's no such thing as God not loving you. Right. I used to tell my That's kids when sure. they were little, and I told my grandkids the same thing. I said, look, my love for you is unconditional. I'll love you no matter what you do. If you become a murderer, a serial killer, a, you know, a, a rapist, a, a pedophile, some of the things I despise the most, uh, I will still love you. You'll still be my daughter. You'll still be my son. I'll love you no matter what you do. My love is unconditional, but I, I will not approve. And if you do something I don't approve of, that's contrary to the Word of God, that's right. then I will come to you to your face and tell you I don't approve. Right. I still love you, but sure. I don't approve. Sure. And blessings don't come with love. No, that's right. Listen to this. Blessings don't come important. with love. They come with approval. Yeah. And I told my kids and grandkids, as long as I approve of what you're doing, that's right. I'll shell out the cash and bless you. Well, and it's their But if I don't approve of what you're yeah. doing, then I'm not going to finance your I'm not going to finance your sin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you come to me today, Dad, I'm a drug addict. What do you think about that? I said, Well, I still love you, but I don't approve. And because I don't approve, yeah, I'm not giving you more money because I'm not going to buy you drugs. I'm not going to finance your your right. addiction. I'm not going to finance your problem. I'm not going to contribute to your problem. Exactly. So, so the the blessings are attached to approval, Obe- they're, obedience. They're obedience. They're yeah. not just attached to love. Yeah. I love them forever. God loves you forever. But there's things He doesn't bless. Well, if you're willing and obedient, the Lord says, <laughs> "Yeah, you eat the fat of the um, land." Then you will eat the fat of the land. James chapter one says that. But everybody, if you're not willing and obedient. Then God still loves you. Yeah, the, yeah, the love but is he still bless there. It anymore. Well, Romans chapter You're not eight. Eat the fat of the land. Romans chapter eight says nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. So you can always rest assured God's going to love you. Just like Psalm one thirty nine says that if I make my bed in hell, He is there. Right. If I ascend to the heights, He is there. Right. If the if the night tries to hide me. It won't affect God because the day and the night are alike to him. But James chapter 1 says that when you're thinking about how to live your life and serve the Lord, that everybody is drawn away of their Their own own lust. And so people get off and they take error. Everybody's done it to some degree to where you get off it just off a little bit Mm -hmm. and you begin to overemphasize something and leave out everything else because the Bible is not built on just one thing. of the. It's the whole counsel of Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. It's how God thinks about everything. So you need to be able to think like, if you're going to think like God, you're going to have to thank Genesis to Revelation. Sure. You can't just pick out the little scriptures like you said. Well, we just tear these out because you don't like yeah, those. Some people say, Brother, I'm a word man. I say, no, you're a favorite word man. Yeah, favorite You've got word. some favorite That's words right. in the scripture, but you're ignoring That's a whole right. lot of other words that are contradicting the word you're talking about. No, Let me finish this point because we were supposed to be going a different direction anyway. But, but <laughs> that's I'm, I'm leaving. Would, a, that's I'm what leaving I was waiting a, for. Well, I'm leaving a point hanging here the more we talk. <laughs> but anyway, I told this young man, I said, look, if you keep preaching this message, right. I said, I'm looking at what you're preaching and I'm looking to where it's going to go. Right. It's got to go somewhere. It's going to lead somewhere. Exactly. And I said, so right now you're preaching you can't repent. Right. And that, that, that God's already forgiven you. You know, he was preaching to the point that that just like Jesus died one time, he's for your for your salvation, and Jesus died shed his blood one time for your for your healing. That he's not going to go back and do it over and over and over and over. He did it once, and that healing's paid for, and that salvation's paid for, and and so that everything's cool from now on. I said, no, no, no. I said, but you have to accept that. There has to be an acceptance. There's sinners out here that die and go to hell. Right. And Jesus has paid for their salvation. It's just that it's just that they didn't receive it, so therefore Jesus didn't 
you might say Jesus didn't do anything for them because they didn't receive what Jesus did, so they lost out. So I said, so if you're preaching this message of you can't repent, and you can live like a pig and be blessed like a sheep. You can live in sin and God doesn't care. I call it the Jesus doesn't care message. Oh, I can live any way I want to. Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care if I sin. He doesn't care if I do this. He doesn't care if mm. I do that. Well, that's not true. He does care. And I said, if you keep preaching this, I said, then then pretty soon, if you watch where that's going to go, I said, pretty soon you'll start saying, well, if there's no repentance for sin, then there must not be any sin. And then if there's no sin, then you don't believe in a, a penalty for sin. Wow. So therefore, you'll start preaching there's no hell. Because if there's no sin, then what's the point of hell? Mm. There has to be a penalty for sin, and the penalty is hell, right? And and so if you're going to say, well, there's no sin, there's no forgiveness, there's no, there's no penalty, there's no hell, then pretty soon you're going to be saying, well, there's no devil. I mean, if there's no hell, there must not be a devil. Right. And so you, you end up taking this thing on a dark, 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 dark path. And I said, here's what I, I said, here's, here's what it is, son. I said, I don't mind a little wildfire. Brother Hagan always said, I don't mind wildfire in the church. It's better That's than right. no fire at all. That's right. And I said, I don't mind a little wildfire. I don't mind you getting a little weird because the church always brings it back to balance. The pendulum swings and it always <laughs> comes back to balance. I said, but I do care about heresy. And I said, there's a difference in wildfire, which I can handle and God can handle. But I said, there, there's a difference in wildfire and heresy because heresy hurts the sheep. That's right. And I said, once you start hurting the sheep, buddy, I have to get my nose in it. I have to get involved. As long as you're just doing a little wildfire, I'll say, hey, he'll be back. He's okay. He'll be, just, just pray for him. He's all right. He'll, he'll, he'll bring it back. He'll get it back. He's a good guy. <laughs> but I said, but if you're not just doing wildfire, you've moved into heresy. Now you're training the sheep in error. That's right. Now you're hurting the sheep. Absolutely. Now God doesn't like it. That's right. And when God doesn't like it, I don't like it. So <laughs> so we have to be very, very careful about all any error in the church is, is overemphasized truth. truth. There's so much that can be said about staying uh, on focus and on track uh, with the Word of God. And if you do not uh, stay in the Word of God, the whole counsel of God— and stay with a picture of how God looks at it. You don't just read one verse and say, oh, I like that one, and then throw something else out. <laughs> no, you <laughs> that, can't be a favorite that, word guy. That, that, yeah, the, the, the whole concept of all of that is that you end up, like James chapter 1 says, you start even reading the Word of God to support your prejudice mm -hmm. or feed the lust of your own flesh. Mm -hmm. In other words, I like the prosperity message, but I don't want to learn anything about the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, uh, I, I want to learn. Was it, was, huh? it, was it Bob Boos? Yeah. Who was it? He said, time? Bob Boos said, people race madly through the Bible to support their prejudices. Yeah. And when you when you, you start, start searching the Bible, out, trying to find a favorite word yeah, here and here and here, and, to, and you start to build looking, your doctrine on. You start looking through books and Bibles, you know your Bibles, concordances, and everything. Look up all these scriptures to support what you want to say, and that was not the purpose of a concordance being written. Because <laughs> you can no. prove anything by taking scripture out yeah, of context. And you you can, know the Bible says Judas took a rope, and went out and hanged himself. Another scripture says, "Go ye and do likewise." <laughs> and so you can build a whole doctrine. No, on, yeah, on, on no, it's context. just. It's just so dangerous. But if I think there, there's a lot to be said for what the Amplified calls about the rigidly righteous. And 
Those are people who stick with the word of God and they're, and they're happy, thrilled, like Proverbs says, to be corrected. A fool despises correction, but a wise man mm, a wise welcomes man. the correction. So there has to always be, and that's what I find so intriguing, um, you know, when thinking about your message about, um, who do you say Jesus is? Well, when Which people are supposed to be talking about when today. we when <laughs> when people uh, you know are are trying to figure out uh, what they're going to believe from the Word of God, it's so necessary for you to have a good, clear conscience. And the fact that your conscience is not working right could really hinder your ability sure. to receive the wisdom off the pages from the Word of God. Sure, sure, sure. Because sure. people are drawn away of their own lusts. They hear a preacher, you're, and you have to know this about yourself and be honest enough to be corrected that human nature will like to hear what a preacher's saying when it appeals to their flesh. So you're hearing out of a carnal mind. You're hearing out of the lust of your flesh. And you say, well, I like that. That's great because that gives me power and authority and I, I'm enjoying all of that. But then, Or you respond to their personality. Yeah, and G, are you, that's right, or that you respond to their personality. But... But Jesus said, if your light is, if your eye is filled with light, then your whole body will be filled with light. Yes. But if your eye is, is darkened, and it's the same thing over in what Jude says, isn't that right, Terry? Where over that verse where it says, to the pure in heart, everything, everything is, pure. is pure. To the defiled, everything is defiled. It depends on that. The same principle Jesus said in Luke eight eighteen: Take heed how you mm -hmm. hear. Because in the in your message about who do you say Jesus is, uh, it deals with every person has a level of revelation they have learned right. and how they've been taught. Right. And if right. they've been taught just a little bit over here, mm -hmm. then then they gauge everything they hear by this little tiny bit, yeah. yes. and they're not able to hear other truth sure. and and right on down to people that are total Christ rejectors mm -hmm. that that they don't want to hear any truth. That's why God said you have to have the whole counsel the of whole God. Counsel Otherwise of God. you're like the blind guys that examine the elephants, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> and one guy we were felt, talking a, about that. felt a leg and said, oh, this is what an elephant is. It's like right. a tree trunk. You have another a very... one felt the, felt the trunk and said, oh, it's a hose. Another one, felt, right. another one felt the tail and his little skinny thing with, you know, with a fluff on the end and said, oh, there's what an elephant is, because they, they didn't have the whole council. They, they didn't, didn't have see the, whole, the, whole the whole picture. picture. Well, they start you start gauging your life on perception rather than an accurate a view of the perspective of everything, and then you can't even see the truth of it That's when right. you just go by perception. And it's very, 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 very um, immature for Christians to continue in that way of thinking. It's one thing for a new person to come in, mm -hmm. and ju they just are, are sure. hearing everything sure. from a very, very limited perspective Shallow. of their life. And so they start getting a perception of something or an idea. The light begins to come on. But then for a Christian to, to continue in that spiritual and emotional immaturity level, you, you automatically go to like you said, start listening to everything and seeing everything by the lust of your flesh. You mm -hmm. take it to the wrong end. Mm, yes. You pursue that one thing. And we have to stay in a, in a frame of mind always, like Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, take heed how you hear. because So you don't get drawn sure. away of your own lust and you don't limit the you know like the children of Israel did in Psalm seventy eight you've taught on sure, so many sure, times sure, sure, sure. they limited, limited the, the holy, holy one, one of Israel, of Israel because they just 
they were like my grandmother used to say, um, little Johnny one note. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they were just on that one thing all the time. And that's and they wanted to tell everybody about their one note. Well, that's how denominations got started. Mm-hmm. They got a little bit extra level of revelation. And then they said, no, this is all God is. This is all the Lord is. This is everything about the Church of Christ. They just want to say, no, praise and worship is only as pure as when there's no instruments. instruments. <laughs> well, you know, for the last, what, five weeks now, six weeks, five weeks, Mm-hmm. We've been talking about um, my legacy series. Yes. It'll be out this next month. <laughs> and um, in that legacy series, there's there's four there's four messages right. uh, that we've been dealing with, and messages that God gave me, oh my goodness, 30 and 40 and 50 years ago. Right. And not that I got from somebody else. Nothing wrong with getting sermons from somebody else. I've had a lot of those. Right. But that God gave me these particular ones. And we're going to pack them together, put them together. Yes. And, and they were they were this message we're supposed to be talking about today. Who do you say Jesus is? And then salvation is of the Lord. We talked about that, I think, at least on two programs. And then how to live stable in unstable times. What a life They're changer. Wonderful. What a life wonderful. changer. History making. Absolutely wonderful. History changing message. And then uh, where the word of a king is, there is power. Excellent. Excellent. And all of these were, were 30 and 40 and 50 years ago that God, God gave me these. And so... So the last one that we were supposed to talk about today and we'll pick up next week is who do you say Jesus is? Uh, Jesus asked that question of his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. It says that that when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say say that I, the son of man, am? He said, what are you hearing down at the marketplace, the synagogue, the temple? Uh, What are you hearing? What are the people? Now, he didn't care what the answer was. Jesus, Jesus preached with questions and Jesus answered questions with questions. That's true. Uh, God did questions all the way through the Word of God, uh, and it was never because He didn't know the answer. When God right. walked into the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve were hidden, were gone, and He said, "Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you?" It wasn't that He didn't know where they were, you know. But but there's there's a point, and Jesus wasn't having an identity crisis here. He knew who He was. That's right. He just asked the question because He wanted to give them the answer. Right. He wanted to move along. He had something to say about spiritual law. Right. And so they popped up and said, well, you're, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist. And he just let that go out one ear in one ear and out the That's other. True. He said, That's he true. looked him in the eye with those coals of fire he had for eyes and oh, said, my. yeah, but who do you say I am? Peter, who am I at your house? John, what can I do at your house? What are my limitations at your house? Uh, what, 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 can I get involved in your family? Can I get involved in your health? Can I get involved in your your salvation? Can I get involved in your your finances? What what are my limitations that you're? What can I do? Have you limited the Holy One of Israel, or am I I free to help? And so uh, that's what that message is about. Is and everybody, as you said, will say different things. Some people say, "Well, I don't want to hear about Jesus." Well, if they say Jesus can't come in their house, then he can't come in their house. Right. It's who do you say Jesus is? Somebody else say, that's, oh, Jesus is my Savior. The uh, and then they say, but I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Or somebody else say, he's my Holy Ghost baptizer, but I don't know about healing. Somebody else say, he's my healer, right. but I don't know about prosperity. And so that the people are confused. And, and, and if they don't have the whole counsel of God, no, then they right. limit God. And the spiritual law is this. And we, we're out of time. We'll pick it up next week. But the spiritual law is this. Whoever you say Jesus is, that's it. That's who he'll be to you. You call him Lord, you call him healer, you call him master, you call him banker, financier, helper, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Red, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Sabah. He'll be that to you. <laughs> 
Yeah, we call it, you <laughs> more than Congress. Yeah, I just find it absolutely stunning that the great wisdom of God that he has for us. So we want to leave you with this today and just pray that the blessing of God is on your life and tell you one more time that you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. Terry's stories about being ended up being in Mexico, being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith. <laughs>